1: just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. And uh, you can always get us at 106.9 FM. You can also listen to us on any time as a podcast or on iTunes. Now, I want to invite you all, listeners, to climb in here to my caboose. Yes, sir. And uh, just make yourself comfortable. Sit down there by the cold stove if you want to, to feel a little bit warmer. Uh, We're going to put something in the pan on the cold stove. I don't know what we're going to cook yet. Or you can climb up into the angel seat up above so you can look out. Now this caboose is powered by an engineer and that engineer is engineer rick white and from time to time you'll hear the voice of rick white uh, coming in saying hey it's your engineer anyway blah blah welcome down the rails and welcome to the old caboose and on a sunny day and we're about to welcome our guest hank just climb in here here's hank martin he's he's uh he's pretty special guy he's He's, most, he's mostly involved with um, buses that go on concrete. I don't, I don't believe in that myself. I believe in the steel wheel on the steel rail, but he, he, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's involved with these buses and that's what we're gonna talk about. So welcome Hank, uh, say, say what you wanted to say here.
2: Yeah, well, thank you Forrest and Rick for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to come in and share a little bit about what we do or right at Neighbor to Neighbor, the Shafee Shuttle
1: here in Salida. So looking forward to this, Forrest, thank you. All right. Well, Hank, we we, uh, are very, very aware of the whole Front Range transportation plan, which CDOT is talking about. And one thing they are talking about is hooking uh, local buses up with Amtrak through trains. That's certainly on their agenda. One bit of their agenda calls for several times a day having high rail trains from all the way from Cheyenne way up in Wyoming, all the way down to Boulder all the way through Union Station and in Denver, all the way down then to Colorado Springs, past Colorado Springs all the way to Pueblo and that's where we come in because I know we you offer uh, regular service to Pueblo. Uh, how would that work if how would we hook up with these, this wonderful new rail vision uh, there in, in Pueblo?
2: Yeah, well, thanks, Forrest. Yeah, well, first of all, I was excited to hear the news about possible rail transit extending from Cheyenne all the way down into Pueblo. Um, for most of you, Coloradans um, probably have traveled I-25 recently. And it is pretty busy. I don't think there's a, even a peak time, but it's just a constant if you drive from Cheyenne down into Denver and into Pueblo. So um, we're excited about uh, making those connections with bus staying outrider. Shout out to Jeff Prilowitz from CDOT. But um, the Chaffee Shuttle is a station for bus staying outrider here in Salida. We have uh, a bus that originates in Alamosa comes up through the San Luis Valley into Salida and it hooks up with the Gunnison to Denver bus that runs as well every day. They meet here at 7.30 in the morning. And then if you need to make a transfer from each bus, you do it right here at um, uh, our bus station in Salida. Then it takes you on into Pueblo. One takes you into Pueblo and one into Denver. So um, hopefully it would provide uh, easy transfer to a rail line into Pueblo. Um, I actually had the opportunity to ride the bus thing out right here a few weeks ago. We uh, we are a bus station and people often ask us, um, how do you get on the bus? Where does it take you to? Those kinds of things. So I was uh, afforded the opportunity to ride and a very pleasurable ride. You take something to read. It gets you through the mountains. You don't have to worry about highway traffic. And besides that, you get to see the beautiful scenery once you start coming down off of Kenosha Pass, just through there. And then of course, you get into Denver and you don't have to navigate city traffic. Takes you right downtown in Denver. So um, really, really a convenient way to travel.
1: Wow. Well, Hank, there must be something in the caboose today because you were breaking up a little bit about when you said where you land in Denver. I I think you said Union Station. Yes, correct. It takes Denver. you right into Union Station okay. in <clears throat> and you can catch the light rail right out of there. Well, this is something the rail passenger groups have been trying to impress upon uh, the national the national planners from amtrak we've been trying to tell them right along that uh, <laughs> that this is something that this would would get give them some good ridership they have said that they're aware of the people with disabilities or people who are somewhat challenged the need then to 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 plug in uh, electrical devices and uh, so amtrak is is talking about the fact that you, you should have at your coach seat or at your bedroom, if you decided to pop for a bedroom, uh, the ability to, to plug in your whatever electrical device you use to um, get your oxygen machine going. And uh, they say that they're also gonna be talking with local bus services about the additional plugins that would be needed now. I, I've got their bulletin. The bulletin. I won't go into all that. Uh, when, when did, Would you? Well, you, you don't know. You probably have that now on your buses. I assume someplace you could plug in your, your battery-driven device. Yeah, all of the
2: bus staying outrider, the uh, buses, the the regional carriers do have a place where you can charge your phone, you can charge your iPad, your laptop if you need to do so. I'm not sure about the accessibility of uh, Wi-Fi on these buses, but I do know that uh, in this day and age, having the technical capacity to communicate while in transit, I think is something that CDOT has always been exploring. I think the idea is uh, one click, one call, and you can have access to transit. So, but um, uh, especially when you're going through some of the rural areas, it's kind of hard to get Wi-Fi, and a lot of those buses, uh, not at this point, do not have that capability. But they do have charging stations on those bus things.
0: That's nice. Do you mind if I chime in here for us?
1: Chiming mean, this this is from this is from the 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 head end of this train from the engineer. Hello
0: there, Rick. Rick White. Hey. Um. So, do we know that if on the train the uh, Wi-Fi or the Are the trains Wi-Fi supplied?
1: Uh, They say they are.
0: I think they they say,
1: they say except through deep cuts and tunnels. Oh, I see. But we've got a lot of deep, say I'm going to hop on the train here. The next trip I want to take is to, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, somewhere, Kerry, somewhere in that part of the world. And um, there, there are at least two tunnels a lot of deep cuts, I don't know. I mean, I think I, there'll be the theories there, but uh, whether I'd really be able to say do this show, well, I don't know. Well, from, yeah. you know, might. but it sounds like when you get on the bus day, at least you'd have a pretty good chance of getting through. And it sounds like you could then sit there with your oxygen device in your lap or on between your knees or wherever, and plug it into an electrical outlet and keep it going. I mean, that's what I thought I heard Hank say. I don't know. Hank, am I putting words in your mouth there?
2: No, you are correct, uh, uh, Forrest, in that um, CDOT does recognize the need for um, uh, devices like you just described, and uh, it caters to a lot of the folks that um, uh, disabilities and, uh, elderly seniors that need some of those, how some of those products, um, uh, to maintain a healthy, uh, lifestyle. But, uh, yes, they do.
0: Yeah. Very funny. I, uh, Took a train trip in between Lahonta and Kansas City one time, and I was so cold through the night on the train that for the way back, I bought a, a electric lap warmer <laughs> that I could plug in. I out. love it. I love it. Oh, much more comfortable. <laughs> did you did, did
1: you mention that to your car steward? Say say this car is awfully cold. Or
0: no, they just they <laughs> keep them cold. They don't want to get behind on that because I think it's hard to cool them down if they get warm. And so they get ah. in front of it. And, um, uh, yeah. I wolf. know
1: the, the West coast trains now have new equipment. Our equipment is very old,
0: uh-huh. very,
1: very old that we run through the West. And, uh, my, my very old, I mean, 30, 30 years old at least. And so that's part of what Amtrak is dealing with part of their, part of their problem. And, um, they're, they're getting there. Uh, as all the rail groups will tell you, convincing the top brass uh, at Amtrak that there are a lot of us who depend on these trains for intercity travel is difficult. They um, they don't like intercity trains, they just don't. Everything they says, say or talk about seems to indicate that, but then they deny that, but they continue to uh, not be very interested in that, because they're, they they they're, well, the top brass there are all ex-airline people. That's where they've come from, from the airlines, all of them, as far as I know. And um, you have the sense that they're saying, well, if you want to go to Chicago, don't take the train, get on an airplane. Well, for a good many people in the disability community, they can't get on an airplane. Um, they, they can't really make it through the long lines. They can't really make it through uh, long periods without oxygen. Uh, technically, if they really had to, they could, maybe. But the train is such a better option. Not to mention the fact that the last time we did anything, uh, by we, I mean the Colorado Association of Railroad Passengers and the New Mexico and Utah Associations of Railroad Passengers. The last time we, we looked at it, we counted about a dozen small stops that aren't served by anything else. So if you're a person with a disability and you live in, well, say, um, oh, I don't know, Las Vegas, New Mexico, uh, or Raton, New Mexico, or you know, the train is your that train is your option. Uh, well, unless you convince your Aunt Sally to drive you in her new Lincoln. Do they have Lincolns? Anyway. So there's there's that whole piece of the picture that, that we've been trying to, to to put out there. And um had some you know had some success with that. But um yeah. Well Hank, you, you can chime in on all that. I'm sure you're yeah. more aware of this disabilities picture than Probably than I am, or than than uh, the engineer here is.
2: Well, I think what you know what we're talking about is is that uh, when it comes to transit, um, you really have to be ADA compliant, uh, particularly with some of the grants that we've applied for um, uh, here in transit services. Is that that is probably one of the first and foremost uh, things that you have to have, especially if you're tied into public utilities commission. Uh, to operate is um you know ada compliance title six and and some of those um uh, other requirements that you have to have for that so and it's something that is very vital and i do know that those rail stations are a lot more accessible for people who who have mobility who are mobility challenged is getting on and off you know you go to the airport and it's You know, it's chaos when you go into DIA, at least it is for me. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I don't travel that often is that by the time I get to Denver, I'm exhausted and want to come home already. (laughs) Um, You know, you get into the airport. Well, and I don't think travel has been what it was because of the pandemic. I think it's probably a lot easier to navigate. But still, there's just a lot of um, chaos, waiting in lines, those kinds of things. Those, Those kinds of things. I think that um, rail service here in, you know, in the West here, especially in Colorado and in Wyoming, some of those areas is, is not very prevalent like it is on the East Coast. Um, I myself have not ridden uh, any of Amtrak here in Colorado, or taken the Zephyr, some of those uh, rail options that are available to us. When I was out on the East Coast, that was the main form of travel it was very easy to get to you get on the train station in dc and you're in new york in no time or you get on in new jersey and you get into new york in no time and much it's much more prevalent on the east coast those more populated areas and and, uh, and it's really one of my goals actually to to ride rails one of these days um particularly to get out to california because um just getting out there and um, I mean my my thoughts were to get on the Zephyr at some point and uh uh, my wife and I take our bicycle aboard once we get to uh, I think San Francisco's where it can take you and then you can just start traveling around by a bicycle and I think that's it's something that I would like to try so but it's definitely on my bucket list
1: wow well tell you what (laughs) What our rail travel group did pre-pandemic, I don't know if you could do it now, was we went to uh, Glenwood Springs and uh, left our car there. By the way, free parking, you can park your automobile for free at at the Amtrak station in Glenwood Springs for as long as you want to. You can leave it there for, I don't know, a year, I guess. And um, hopped in, worked out a deal to get in a hot pool and sort of floated around for half an hour, then caught the Zephyr in the, Rick, you can remember this too early, I think you catch it in the early afternoon, and uh, next morning or whenever we were in, uh, in, um, where was it, just outside of San Francisco,
0: Emeryville, (laughs) I think,
1: Emeryville, and then we got on a ferry, Uh, you can take your bike on those ferries, I think,
0: oh yeah, definitely,
1: yeah, and we got on the ferry, took the ferry down to um, downtown San Francisco and had a wonderful day uh, down there. And uh, gosh, that's, it's it's a nice way to go. It, it really is a nice way to go. And um, so the Glenwood Springs option is, is it's out there. Um, so So you get on
2: Glenwood Springs and then you leave in the early afternoon and it takes you just straight through into uh, into the West Coast. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's an overnight trip. Overnight. Yeah. And um, that's part of the fun. If you've got a very slim light traveling companion, you can put him or her up (laughs) above you. In that up, in that upper in that upper bunk, and, uh, uh, yeah. and uh, so you want to always travel with a friend who is uh, lighter than uh, you are, <laughs> or or you can or you or you can try anyway because that's that's true for what I mean. Once you buy that little roomette, and as I say, this is old equipment. The newer equipment is is a lot more uh, capacious. Uh, let us say than uh, what we've got, what we're running out here
0: uh, in the West. I'd like to throw this in there for us that uh, you know, we've done a little bit of train travel. Forrest and I haven't, but with di- or I have with different on my own and with a group of his friends, and um, we find that the coach is very very reasonable, but the Pullman cars are they're kind. I think I find them expensive. Now they, they come with meals, so there is that to offset it. But you know, it, it's funny that you, that the coach seems very reasonable, but the Pullman seems very expensive. Yeah, uh, that's
1: the. Is food go, go, go ahead, food coach.
0: Go ahead. Is food available if you ride coach? It is available. It is uh, it's okay. a pretty. And does flint? it make
2: frequent stops?
0: Yeah, pretty limited, but I think that you're able to well, at least pre-pandemic, I think your the dining car is available to you, but -hmm. not included with your coach seat. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Apparently they're changing all those rules. I'm trying to think what the date is. It strikes me that it might be June one. Oh. Ah, We'll have to we'll have to get somebody, we'll have to get an Amtrak exec on here and find out. By the way, the local Amtrak execs, they're very interested in the idea of re, of getting our service back uh, Pueblo, La Junta. See, that's been gone for a while. Uh, back in the day and not that long ago, you could certainly get off in Pueblo and um, take the, the daily train to La Junta, La Junta, whatever you want to say, <laughs> And uh, then they hook that on to the Zephyr and go to Chicago. Or, uh, excuse me, they they hook that on to,
0: to the, the Southwest, Southwest Chief.
1: Chief and <laughs> go to Chicago. Let's get this. This is a rail show. Let's get and, this right. And,
0: and goes to Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> and it goes to Los Angeles. So you can, you can, you can do that. And uh, so everybody's hopeful that will come back. People are also hopeful that the... Um, the Portland connection will come back and the LA connection will come back on the Zephyr. The Zephyr used to split, as you know, and the Northern section went to uh, Portland, Southern section went to LA and the middle of it continued on to uh, San Francisco. But they, they cut off those two splits. And that's a philosophical question, oh my, it goes on and on. The top Amtrak management saying, we want to make a profit, and rail travel, rail travelers group saying, "No, you're just like the post office. You're not chartered to make a profit. You're chartered to give service to America." Man. So that argument goes on and on. I'm, Hank, I'm sure you end up with uh, hearing uh, similar arguments. I imagine as you as you branch out your service. Well, you know, it's really. Difficult sometimes
2: um, to, to navigate um, uh, transit, transit services for situations like like you just described. Uh, you know, you'll get from point A to point B. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I liked about getting on uh, the bus was that it didn't have frequent stops. I remember riding a uh, bus service from uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky to Denver, Colorado, and it must have taken us three days because it stops every 65 miles at each exit, and then it stops, and it stops for about 20 minutes, and you get back on, so it took me about, like I said, two and a half, three days just to get to Denver, so, but... You know, I think it's just about reaching out. I, it, and I think that's, you know, it's pretty convenient when you got your own car and your own vehicle, you can stop when you want to, you can keep going as far as you want. So, but it's a trade-off. I think that if you want to just enjoy the ride, um, and you can just get on and you can read a book, take your newspaper, headphones, whatever it is that you want to do. So it's one of those balances that you have to, have to understand that, you know, once you get there, then you got to decide where you're going to, you know, utilize transit services. That's why I'd prefer to take a bicycle if I were to get on a train, because then at least I could just uh, get on and navigate the city wherever I went to.
0: Yeah. You know, what sounds good to me is that uh, Zephyr into Emeryville, because I know that the uh, BART station is very, very close. And so once you got mm-hmm. to Emeryville and got to BART, that opens up the whole Bay Area. You know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have actually used the BART system in San Francisco very easily. And uh-huh. It gets you around to the East Bay um, even north south routes too. So, um, yeah. you know, and it's just some of those more populated areas that it's a lot more convenient to use for us. And, that, you know, we're here in
1: the West. We're getting a signal from the head end, <laughs> head end, to, head end to caboose. All right. Us, okay, we riding back here in the caboose are getting a signal saying that this segment of our trip is over. However, next week, the second segment will come with our. Special guest Hank Martin, who is in charge of—he's the bus man. He's got—he—he uh, he was just telling us all about bus staying and the possibilities of bus train interaction, and some of that goes on now. And we've got to—we've got to stop talking. All right, stick your head out that back door of the caboose. It's warm enough. Stick. I'll open the back door of the caboose today, so we can all stick right. our head out, and I'll give a great big highball. We all always back to my railroad days. We're, When we're ready to go, y'all yell high ball. So on the count of three, we're gonna yell high ball. One, two, three, high ball, high ball, high ball.